0: Adulting. Would not recommend. There's just too damn much to comprehend. Work, 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 work. No time for my friend. Now look at that. My life's about to end. I do not rate my current adult state. Always running late. Trying to put food on my plate. Money, money, money. I never have enough. Not for the rent, bills, or any fun stuff. There's no wonder why we're all so gruff. Yelling on the interwebs. Acting so tough. It's just back pain and weight gain. It's rushing all day with no time to play. It's the not knowing yet having to keep going. It's our parents' lack of understanding of what our world is actually demanding, of our real world struggle to maintain our standing, no chance to get ahead, no interest compounding. Boomers think they know the score, they're just lucky to be born after the war, a time of prosperity let their income soar, making them think there'll always be more. Criticising us with self-righteous impunity, for squandering a glorious opportunity, in a world of growing disunity. How can they expect such immunity? The thing is, we can't fight back. There's no true enemy to attack. Just another generation protecting their own, and yelling from the safety of their home. Besides, when would we have the time to fight? The third's jobs got us up all night. Adulting, I would not recommend. But please, let's no longer pretend that our problems are just going to magically mend by venting with an angry tweet send. You could protest it on the street, with the 99% speaking with their feet, or perhaps a BLM meet, yell, scream and hope to defeat. But the problem is that they have the power. They can wait a longer hour. They can direct a tear gas shower with riot police to make us cower. Also do I mention the world is warming. There's racist divisions and Trump is performing. Economic collapse from COVID's storming and Middle Eastern war transforming. Too many problems to simultaneously comprehend, let alone act with any hope to end. There's no opportunity to, trans- to transcend, only ways to further offend. Adulting, would not recommend. So that's a poem that I've just put online, obviously called Adulting Would Not Recommend. And I just want to sort of break it down a little bit more. Um, I'm going to read the author's note because it in itself is a bit of a blog. I'm, I put that up as a blog post as well. And just sort of wanted to sort of break down this general feeling of discontent and... Overwhelm that we've sort of <laughs> discovered as we age and realize, hey, the world's pretty shitty. So the author's note on adulting would not recommend. Life's problems seem to pile up exponentially. When you solve one, another two appear. Our bodies are degrading. We need to work longer hours just to survive. The dream life we were promised as kids has been withheld, with with a two bits magician trick. It's like it's been substituted for the mess we now find ourselves in. But hey, we've got iPhones and TikTok, so it's all good, right? A casual glance at the news would have you believing that we're on the verge of a catastrophe in multiple areas, caused in large part by short-sighted leaders. The system is toxic, corrupt, and so self-serving that there's little hope for true political reform. There's a real sense of hopelessness about the future, inevitable slide into one or multiple catastrophes. So at the time of writing this, we're in the middle of the poorly managed COVID-19 pandemic and a passion, passionless, passion, passionate, (laughs) yet leaderless Black Lives Matters protests. People are angry. People are on the streets, but I can't help feel that the Occupy, just like the Occupy Wall Street movement, that the true systemic change won't occur. The movement has no leaders and as such, no clearly defined goals or end state. It's pulling itself in so many directions. We can rally behind an ideal of equality But what that means on a practical level isn't yet clear and may not be possible. I fear that this movement will lose traction and fizzle out, but leave its members feeling unsatisfied, brooding. Anger just under the surface waiting for the next video of police brutality or political corruption or some new scandal. I fear that when this happens, the violence and the writing we're seeing right now will look like child's play. But hey, until then, let's grab some Uber Eats and watch Netflix and chill, because it's not all that bad, right? So that's my little sort of author's note about about the system and about the um the, the poem that I just read. I just want to break that down a little bit. I remember with the 99% movement, the Occupy Wall Street movement, that it flared up and people were angry and it spread around the world. And it was this amazing thing that was going to change and then nothing really happened, right? And this was sort of brought about by, you know, a downturn in the economy and the loan crisis and a bunch of things that you know small groups of rich people basically stuffing over the the planet for lack of a better expression there's an interesting book that i'll link you to called Twitter and Tear Gas and it talks about modern movements of like you know social uprisings compared to the the uprisings of the past you know the 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 you know Martin Luther King style up uprisings and protests and that sort of stuff and it sort of highlights the 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 advantages and disadvantages of basically using Twitter as a way to rally support behind a cause. And I suppose Twitter is an analogy here for social media presence, right? And, and the basic premise was this. Prior movements that had like figureheads and had groundswell organisations, and it had it had sort of like a lot of a stronger... It had more staying power because to organise people without social media it was a massive undertaking you know pamphlets had to be printed out people had to speak to other people in person there had to be like places to meet They had to be organised with a lot more sol- solid basis right which is which is good and bad because it means that there's a lot more staying power the, the the problem that this book and highlights and that i see with the the current you know black lives matter movement and that i saw with the occupy wall street and You see, time and time again is that there's no, there's no clearly defined leader or goal. And I mean, yeah, don't get me wrong. There is obviously goals, you know, like, you know, there's, there's the, 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 the goal to disband police and make sure that the police involved um, with, you know, specific crimes are dealt with. But it's, it's sort of beyond, like, it's just fairly loose. Like, which police do we disband? Should we, you know, get rid of police entirely? Should we, you know, actually give them more funding to train them better? Should we, you know, pull down the whole system and build it back up? Like, there's no really clearly defined goals. People are angry, don't get me wrong, and they're, they're, they're righteously angry. They're, they're right to be angry. You know, years of oppression, and you know, coming from a, you know, literally, if you look at the 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 history of black oppression in America, it comes from literal slaves <laughs> to to where we are now, and there's still a a a structural racism, and like there's there's a lot of evidence going a bunch of different ways, suggesting that a lot needs to be done, but the problem is is that. With a leaderless movement that's founded by social media, there's no one steering that ship. And that's why it's there's a lot of chaos happening. People are yelling and screaming and protesting. It's like, hey, you know, we want equal rights, we want this, we want that. But it's like a massive sledgehammer trying to do the job of a of a of a scalpel, right? The only thing that that sledgehammer can do can be just to destroy the system. Like that's the only effective change that it will happen. And some people argue that that's the case, but anarchy doesn't work, right? It just it will cause further issues, a lot more issues, right? Whereas if you look at if you take the scalpel approach, if you had a leader directing the push, they can go well, let's let's cut out the toxic cops in this station this whole police station is corrupt let's disband it and start again oh hey we need political reform over here let's do that right there's 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 jobs that a scalpel can do far better than a bludgeoning you know a bludgeoning weapon and and a leader an organization with a leader with a with a clearly stated purpose can accomplish that far better than a leaderless organization that's just angry not to say that the anger is not justified. Obviously, like like I'm yeah, got to got to keep you know re-emphasizing. I'm not saying that the anger isn't justified. That's actually my my concern here. Just like the Occupy Wall Street movements, it fell away. Now there wasn't much change. Those 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 protests felt good and felt like yeah we're standing up to something, but it couldn't quite enact any change because like there was no real goal. So what happened? It eventually fizzled out. And we sort of forgot about it. But my fear is, is that like that we rage and then we forget. We rage, we forget. We rage, we forget. But what if the rage, every time we rage, it gets higher and higher? Because like let let's let's face it now, these protests will die down. Without a clear direct path to making change, change won't happen. Other than like, you know, in the small instances of getting the cops that did the crimes convicted, there won't be the systemic change. It just, you know, unless you break the system. So either we're looking at a systems collapse or we're looking at the movement dying down. The thing is, with the amount of arrests that happen, with the amount of scandals that happen, the amount of video footage that happened, another video of another cop acting terribly will come out. When that happens... Uh, people are going to protest and riot again, and that will cause more problems because people will still be angry, right? It's not like the anger is going to disappear. So my, my, my fear around all of this is that it's, it's it, this will die down. Nothing will change. Nothing of substance will change. The structure will stay the same. It, the structure will still be producing shit cops with lacks of training and all of the stuff that I've talked about in previous episodes. That'll still happen, but the people will be angrier, and they'll write harder. And that will cause more issues, and it will spiral out of control. And 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 the idea of this 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 poem, I'm, I'm highlighting that problem. I also wanted to highlight the idea that there are so many damn problems that we're just sort of discovering. And I think this is, I think the world always had problems, but once again, social media is highlighting these problems. It's highlighting them and making us aware that all these problems exist. So as people of my generation, and you know younger, you know, gen, gen X, Y, millennials, and, you know, the coronals, I suppose, are um, getting woke, getting, getting access to the internet, getting access and realizing that, hey, you know, this is happening in the Middle East, this is happening in Russia, this is happening in China, this is happening in the US, this is happening all across the world, this is this environmental problem, this is this race problem, this is this gender problem, this is, you know, we're aware of so much more struggle that we get overwhelmed by it. There's a thing called f- compassion fatigue. If there's too many problems going on in the, in the world or in your life, you just go numb because it's like you realize like, hey, I just can't, I can't do anything about this. There's just too much going on. You know, I'm very passionate about certain, certain things, but it gets to the stage where I don't have, there's so much issues in the world that I literally don't have the time to dedicate, to figure out which things to put my mind to. And it's like, I just have to put the blinkers on if I want to make any change in any area. And my concern is, is that, you know, we add the Black Lives Matter movement, we add Corona, we add global warming, we add corruption, we add, you know, wealth distribution, we add, you know, war issues, we add, you know, like threats of, you know, all of these things pile, 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 pile. And like, you know, there's global issues and then there's local issues and then there's family issues, there's interpersonal issues, there's struggling for money, there's all of these problems that it just becomes too much so people angry people riot people po- protest and push for change and we yell and scream and put some flyers up we break some break some stuff and then the momentum runs out like i said in the in the in the book i'll link it to you the 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 twitter and tear gas book it highlights how fragile the current waves of protests are and this is this was released the book was released a couple of years ago, so it's prior to all of this sort of stuff happening. But it was highlighting that without that groundswell like you would have in the past, like like you would have when you had a pre-social media uprisings and protests and all of that sort of stuff, there was no continued momentum because the organisations end up not having a clear goal. So even if you want to make a change, who's going to negotiate for that change? You know, Let's say you wanted to make change and make a systemic change in your government. If, you're gonna, if your protest doesn't have a leader and doesn't have defined goals, who's going who's gonna to talk to the structures of government? Who's the structures of government going to be like, hey, we, we hear that you've got a problem. Let's make some changes. There's no one to talk to, right? You can't talk to an ideology. You can't talk to a screaming mass of people, right? The screaming mass of people can draw the attention and then say, hey, This is where we need to focus, laser-pointed focus. Let's fix this problem. Once that's fixed, let's fix this problem. Once that's fixed, let's fix this problem. You don't have that. You just have, you know, let's, let's fight for equality. Once again, I agree for equality, but how? What do you mean by equality? What would equality mean for you? What do you actually want? So I fear that nothing will change, or very, very, very little will change, and then there'll be some other corruption, or police murder, or some sort of scandal or something will happen on tape or once again, and protests will come again. So <laughs> it, that's my concern. Now, in terms of the actual poem itself, I want to sort of break down the writing poem. I, I saw a meme <laughs> that was basically like, it said, adulting would not recommend. And that's, if you click on the um, show notes, you'll see this picture. Adulting would not recommend. And it's got one out of five stars. That, that's the thing. And I'm like, huh, why is there this, issue of people of my age around my age and, and sort of you know younger I'm I'm 32 but that sort of like 40 to 20 year old group of going man adulting sucks it sucks because I feel we've been led to believe that when we were kids growing up that we would get a stable job that that job would be able to pay for our rent and our or our mortgage and you know we would be able to buy food that is healthy we'll be able to see the doctors we'll be able to get an education that leads to a job we'll be able to you know feel safe and secure not this overarching anxiety you know we're left with an inability to pay the bills we're left with an issue over our health and our education we're seeing global warming we're seeing all of these problems that was you know this legacy left by our parents for lack of a better expression our parents generation that just a gorged society enriched themselves and took all of the power structures and are still in them you know trump's what 70 something almost 80 right like someone that old has very little vested interest personally in the future right if you're going to die soon do you really care about pollution uh, if you're going to die soon do you care about stuffing up the financial system do you care about the impact of certain viruses right are you thinking with a rational brain for the for you know for the modern future I was listening to a podcast, was talking about how, you know, we should expect our leaders to be versed in coding, right? To be able to write some code. And I'm like, huh, it it just, it it blew my mind. I'm like, oh my God, the way the world is going right now, you know, I'm talking to you online. I'm, I'm sitting in Australia in my, in my lounge room recording this right now. And you're listening to it from across the world. This is the world we live in. And like, you know, this technology is brought to you by tech guys, tech girls, tech, tech people that are. You know, like, are going to be ramping up technology that's going to impact our whole world, right? But from a from a personal perspective, military, health, policy, economics, right? There's a whole range of stuff that's happening. Right? Think of the blockchain. Think of think of um, you know robotics. Think of all of the stuff that's changing because of technology, and we've got our leaders born at a time where they didn't even have color TV. Mm. No wonder we're struggling, right? So that's sort of where I'm at. And, and it, you know, you add to that the idea that, you know, we're no longer kids. We can't just spend our time relaxing and playing. We can't just chill. There's very little chill time left because we're so busy trying to feed ourselves and trying to work enough to, you know, with, 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 with a very low income to pay money to be able to support and survive to live. But hey, you know, as, as, you know, the boomers will say, it's like, yeah, but you've got iPods, you've got iPhones, you've got, you know, all of this tech. It's like, yeah, they're tools of the current world. You know, I look at my iPhone and go, it's the equivalent of a caveman's axe. It does everything I need it to do, right? It's my modern tool. So yeah, I've got the iPhone, but I need to have it to survive, to live in the modern world. That's not a privilege. That's a like, it's like shoes, Right. Would you prefer to go a day without shoes or a day without your phone? Now, some would argue that that's an addiction, but why are we addicted here? It's because it's the interconnectivity of the world. It's the world we're living in. So, there's a lot of issues here. I feel for for people because I don't see necessarily an easy way out of this other than through nuanced discussions. Discussions like I'm trying to have with you here. Long-form podcasts with intelligent people talking. Yeah, let's let's slowly break down the problems, deconstruct it, and, and, and start thinking. I want to point you in the direction of a very recent uh, Joe Rogan podcast. He was talking with, I think, Eric Weinstein, or his brother, can't remember which one, but they broke down a bunch of the problems that they faced with the Black Lives Matter movement, with the response to corona, with the handling of the US election, a whole bunch of stuff that has implications for the world. And I think it's very, very, very much worth a listen because it's through conversations like that on massive platforms that we can be like, hey, let's make a change. So I'll chuck the links down to the Twitter book and to the uh, that podcast so you can check it out if you want to go deeper on this because it's, it's vital that we get ourselves informed and start making the right moves to pull ourselves back from the brink so that a sledgehammer doesn't destroy society. Because societies do fall. I mean, look at Rome. At one stage, it was the biggest thing in the world, right? And, you know, cultural hub, lots of technological advances. Obviously, it had all its problems. I'm not saying it was perfect by any stretch. But it fell. And if you had have looked at and spoken to the people living in Rome, they wouldn't have believed it possible. But due to corruption and mismanagement and overextension and a variety of other things, it fell. That can happen. That can change. Now, what it falls to and what it changes to, some people would argue it's better, but that change period is not fun. We are so interconnected, you know, so interconnected with each other, with the world, that that disruption will cause mass starvation, mass issues, mass problems that I can't help but feel could be better addressed if we can have a slow, detached conversation and really look at our structures and go, okay, what is being rewarded here? You know, if you, if you think about it, people act based on their... Reward systems. It's very hard to make someone believe something that is in their financial interest not to believe, right? So let's look at the political structures. Let's look at the science structures. Let's look at technology structures and make sure it's the best for society as a whole moving forward. Once again, maybe this is idealistic, but perhaps we need some idealism to fix some of the problems that we've just sort of grown into and that we've sort of found ourselves in. I don't know. Let me know what you think. Um, because I'm, I'm curious to see what your opinion is on all of this and also how you would go about solving it. I can't help but feel like we need to have discussions and start just slowing down the rhetoric and not being all that clickbaity stuff and realizing it's like, hey, people are upset. There's all of these issues. Let's take a step back, have a conversation about it and start making steps forward, pointed with a scalpel, right? Cut the cancer out, not destroy the whole human, yeah? So anyway, I'll reread the poem once more. You can click the link down below to read along with me. Um, And that's a sharing link and stuff as well, if you think the poem's worth sharing. So, adulting, would not recommend. There's just too damn much to comprehend. Work, 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 no time for my friend. Now look at that, my life's about to end. I do not rate my current adult state. Always running late, trying to put food on my plate. Money, money, money. I never have enough. Not for rent, bills, or any of the fun stuff. There's no wonder why we are all so gruff yelling on the interwebs, acting so tough. It's just back pain and weight gain. It's rushing all day with no time to play. It's the not knowing yet having to keep going. It's our parents' lack of understanding of what our world is actually demanding, of a real struggle to maintain our standing. No chance to get ahead, no interest compounding. Boomers think they know the score. They're just lucky to be born after the war. A time of prosperity let their incomes soar, making them think there'll always be more. Criticising us with self-righteous impunity for squandering a glorious opportunity. In a world of growing disunity, how can they expect such immunity? Thing is, we can't fight back. There's no true enemy to attack. Just another generation protecting their own and yelling from the safety of their home. Besides, when would we have the time to fight? The third's jobs got us up all night. Adulting, I would not recommend. But please, let's no longer pretend that our problems are just going to magically mend by venting with an angry tweet send. You could protest it on the street, with the 99% speaking with their feet, or perhaps a BLM meet, yell, scream, and hope to defeat. But the problem is that they have all the power. They can wait a longer hour. They can direct a tear gas shower, with riot police to make us cower. Also did I mention the world is warming? There's racist divisions and Trump's performing. Economics, economic collapse from COVID storming, and Middle Eastern war transforming. Too many problems to simultaneously comprehend, let alone act with any hope to end. There's no opportunity to transcend, only ways to further offend. Adulting. Would not recommend. So if you like this podcast, please uh, chuck it a review wherever you're listening to it and share it with someone who you think would appreciate listening to it. And if you want to support the podcast, you can head over to my Patreon at Zach P. Phillips. I'll chuck a link down below. And there's through there you can get early access to... Uh, my book, How to Get Your Shit Together, um, the writing chapters of my fiction novel Lucidity, which is taking place in a world where dreams are connected, or get and or get early access to my bonus uh, video courses. You'll also see that um, my Patreons can get the ability to do Q and A for this podcast. So if you join the three dollar tier, you'll um, I'll ask basically people at the three dollar tier like, hey, what are your questions? I'll do a Q and A podcast. Um, And then there's some further benefits if you want some email or one-on-one coaching. So head over to Patreon, check it out, support the podcast, and get some cool rewards. So yeah, this is the Reality Check Podcast. I'm Zach Phillips. Cheers. Cheers.